Welcome, everyone, to Raise the Evangelical. I am your host, Stephanie McKenna, today by my friend, Amy. Hi, Amy. Hi, Stephanie. Welcome to the show. Um, so Amy has been just the absolute model of patience. <laughs> this is our third attempt at recording, and the first two times we were having storms and we kept getting booted off. So Amy is incredibly resilient and patient, and I have to know that. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're welcome. So um, Amy, I'm just going to give you the floor and you can tell your story, and we'll just uh, chat along the way. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry if you hear a licking noise. My dog is like licking everything right now oh how um, funny yeah he's he's a little something <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in the Mormon church um if you don't are you still there This is the weirdest thing. Hello? Are you there? I lost you. I, I'm here now. I lost you for a minute. For some reason, my phone uh, up. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I can edit out my hello, hello. <laughs> um, okay, so <laughs> I heard you say I, I grew up in the, and then you disappeared, so. <laughs> okay, so I, I grew up in the Mormon church. Um, mm -hmm. And while it's not necessarily an evangelical religion, it's a very strict religion. Um, you know, the purity culture and all that, like girls are responsible for boys and must cover their bodies yes. at all times kind of religion. Um, mm -hmm. So um, I did grow up in a very strict religion, a very strict household. My family joined the Mormon church when I was almost seven years old. Um, and at the time I lived in a neighborhood, a really good neighborhood um, with my best friend. And she lived about four or five houses down from me. And we always hung out. We'd known each other since we were like five, I think, four or five. Mm -hmm. And we mm -hmm. always hung out, go to each other's houses and stuff. And um, around the time I was nine, I was two years into my. I think I lost you again, Amy. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hello? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, That's okay. So when when you're in the Mormon church, you're taught from a very young age to um, prepare your future husband and your future children. So they they would start these, these teachings at around the age of eight. Um, I remember at eight writing a, a letter to my future husband telling him how I was preparing for him. Um, when I think back on it is really sick <laughs> but it, yeah <laughs> um but anyway so I lived down the street for my best friend and um we would hang out all the time and around the age of nine you know a year into the teaching of you have to prepare yourself for your future husband and everything my feelings started to change for my friend and I wasn't 
familiar with these feelings. Um, mm. Like I always wanted her to be there and like, she, like, I would always want her to hug me and, you know, grab my hand and run with me. And it, it wasn't like, mm. um, I don't know. It was like a little kid crush and I didn't know it. At yeah. Time. Um, but I also knew like I had those feelings for a boy in my class as well. And so I just, talked it up to that's how friends feel about true friends kind of thing you know um, yeah yeah but then as I got older we eventually moved from that neighborhood when I was 11 and um I went to a middle school in yet another small town and now in middle school that's when they start requiring you to take health class and along with health class comes sex ed <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is always fun it's it's always so much fun uh, right <laughs> and so, not awkward at all <laughs> not in the least um and so they would separate the boys and the girls from each other and then I remember specifically being taught about the different feelings we'd have for boys and how we'd have to control our feelings so that it didn't lead to unwanted pregnancies and STDs mm-hmm. and all of that stuff and I remember sitting in that class thinking, okay, so the feelings they're describing, the butterfly in the tummy feelings, the, you know, tingles when, yeah. you know, you're around them kind of feelings. I didn't just have those feelings for boys, but again, right. I rationalized it because I was never taught that bisexuality was a thing. In the Mormon church, they mm-hmm. were, well, when I was growing up in the Mormon church, they never specified any particular group in the LGBTQ community. It was always, you know, um, one gender loving the same gender and that was it and it was wrong Mm -hmm. then you're going to hell if that's what you what you feel you know yeah Um, so I didn't know that bisexuality was actually a thing nobody bothered to teach me nobody bothered to explain to me um so again I just chalked it up to okay well they must be wrong Uh, you know this must just be how I feel for my friends um Mm -hmm. really love them and that that's what it is Mm -hmm. Um, so then we moved again when I was 15, 14, sorry, I was trying to think. When I was 14, yeah. we moved again and I went to, um, went to high school. And that's mm-hmm. where I met my high school best friend. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she was out all the time and I loved being around her. And um, while I did date boys and stuff, it just, you know, like there was just something about her. I just was, I couldn't like not be around her right um, I couldn't explain it because again I didn't really know anything about bisexuality like I had heard about it but a lot of the girls that had come out as bisexual were like the type of girls that my parents warned me about kind of situation you know like the girls that were a little bit different than everybody else and a little bit stranger and believe different things and yeah and so they were people I wasn't allowed to be around. So again, I didn't really learn anything. Um, right. And a lot of people in my school would point at them and just be like, well, they're selfish because they want to date both genders. And mm-hmm. that's <laughs> new from that point. Um, so I didn't know how to explain what I felt for, or why I felt these things for. Um, and then we would hang out all the time and my parents even like really loved her for a little bit. And then I guess my mom caught on to the fact that I had feelings for her before I did. 
and she's oh, okay. me from hanging out with her. Um, oh. I went and let me around her when I was like 18, 19 years old. Um, mm-hmm. Well, we ended up getting a job to get our jobs together at a theme park and mm-hmm. started hanging out with a bunch of people there. And, um, you know, we got a little wild because, you know, we were 18 and 19 years old. <laughs> Yeah, we started going to like these late night parties and hanging out in bars and pool clubs. And, you know, and when I think back on it, it really wasn't that wild, but (laughs) it felt really wild. (laughs) Well, yeah, when you grow up in a really conservative environment, wild is very relative. (laughs) I I get that entirely. (laughs) Well, we went to, we ended up at a party um, where she got completely like just wasted. And, mm-hmm. um, for some reason she grabbed me by the face and just kissed me and mm-hmm. all those things that like I had felt for her just like came right to the surface. And I just felt so tingly and like mm-hmm. where her fingers were touching me, my face just felt, I don't know. It just felt like it was vibrating and mm-hmm. I really never felt like that before. And I was just like, yeah. what is this? Like why do I feel this way? This feels strange. I don't understand it. But then I found myself wanting to be in those situations again, where she would Mm -hmm. want to kiss me and want to like hold my hand and and lay on me. And, and I didn't know how to explain it because again, I was never taught about bisexuality or anything of that nature other than it's a sin, you know, being gay is a sin. It's not okay. Um, so then I kind of, around the time I was 21, an event happened that scared the crap out of me. Um, I was actually, um, raped by one of my good friends Mm. and to my church leader because I didn't know where else to go. (laughs) And I was actually blamed for it and told it was a party or so I tucked my tail between my legs and went back to church and did the whole repentance thing. And then I debated whether to to talk about that part of everything. But I think it's important to talk about that because that's what pushed me back in. Um, I was Mm -hmm. almost out and I went back in because of that. Um, And so I went back to church and my husband, who I had met at a church camp when we were younger, um, him and I started talking again. And we ended up getting married in the temple. Now, if you don't know, um, Mormons... They, when they get married in the temple, only certain people are allowed to be there. Like you have to be a member of the church and you have to be following certain rules and paying 10% of all income to the church, um, including before taxes. So, okay. So, like if I make 10 something an hour, I have to pay a dollar for every hour or mm-hmm. every hour I work. So, or what is it? No, if I make $100, I have to pay $10. Um, right. Have taxes held out and I'm only bringing home 90. It's, I still have to pay that. $10. Yeah. Um, but that's what so, church taught. So I, I get that. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because a lot of people live in poverty because of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> then, then they would tell you, you know, our pastor told us that if you pay your taxes, if you paid out of the net income instead of the gross income Mm -hmm. that you were giving God or you were giving the tax collector the first fruits instead of God. Yep. So that's what, yeah, you're it's, yeah, 
really sick. And then we were told if you paid it, you would always be taken care of, but then they didn't take care of us and they're a billion dollar corporation. Mm. So, you know, yeah. But, yeah. So, um, my husband and I got married in the temple. Only our parents could really attend because nobody else in our family were either members or old enough to be there, which was mm-hmm. not fun. Um, <laughs> and then we actually stayed in the church for quite a while. And then I opened up to him about what a church leader said to me. And he didn't really like what was said and he didn't agree with it. And then he did some research on the church. Now he was in a high position in the church. Um, and a lot of people oh. don't realize that he actually had a high position in the church in what's called the state. Um, like there's different wards and then the wards are directed by certain stakes. And then the stake is um, only preceded by the prophet and the um, general officials of the church. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's like a breakdown. It's kind of like the government. There's different branches and underneath those different branches is more branches. Um, hmm but anyway, so he yeah. was in the stake and he was set to be like higher than that. But he started researching after what I told him and he found so many inconsistencies um, in their stories just on their website alone. Mm-hmm. Um, the like three different versions of the first vision that Joseph Smith recorded, um, different things about how polygamy came about in that time and it didn't sit right with him. So he came home and he told me what he'd found and we had decided to take a step back um, from, from the Mormon religion and just try to figure things out on our own because we weren't liking what yeah. we were seeing. Now it is important to, to note that at this time they were um, condemning the LGBTQ community by um, what they did was they put out, what they called a revelation, which they later redacted, but they put out what they called a revelation that um, God had spoken to the prophet saying any child of an LGBTQ parent could not be baptized in the church. And the Mormons, oh, wow. they could be baptized at eight um, because that's what they consider the age of accountability. Mm-hmm. And when we had backed away from the church, I watched my friend. She had been married and then her husband came out as gay. And Mm -hmm. he even said, it's okay if our daughter's baptized in the church. I'm okay with that. I still believe the church. I just don't believe their stance on the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. And the church didn't accept that. And they said, because her dad was gay, she couldn't be baptized. Oh, my gosh. I watched my friend and her daughter wonder what they did wrong and why Mm -hmm. they were being punished because the ex-husband was gay. Um, Right. And that just sealed the deal for me. I was like, no, that's not okay. I, I can't be in a religion like this. Um, yeah. We were also finding out more and more stuff. And we just decided not to go back. And the longer we were away, the more crap we see from them. But mm-hmm. then we moved. We left the state we were in, mostly because we couldn't deal with the fallout from our family. Families. So we moved. Yeah. We moved a couple of states over and I actually became friends with a couple of girls at my new job and one of them or a few of them actually are part of the LGBTQ community and one of them is bi and I was talking Mm -hmm. to her and I was like you know how do you know that you're bi 
Like, I know every girl has girl crushes, but, you know, how do you know it's not just a girl crush? And so she was kind of explaining to me, like, how she knows she's bi because she's attracted to men and women equally, and she has the same feelings for both. And it was like, well, so mm-hmm. not, but that doesn't make me bi. That just means I have a girl crush. And, and so I was explaining <laughs> to her, like, the crushes I had on, on the couple of girls um, that I had crushes on. And mm-hmm. this girl literally had to tell me, honey, I think you're bi for me to actually start <laughs> thinking maybe I am. But I was still just like, yeah. no, that can't be it. That can't be it. You know, right. um, right. at this point, I still believed in God. And I'm like, God says it's a sin. I can't be bi. It's, it's, I mean, I can be your ally, but I can't be, I can't do that. Um, mm-hmm. But then I started thinking more and more about it and kept talking to this girl about it. And I told her, I was like, I don't think I believe that it's a sin anymore. You can't help who you love. Right. And, you know, we, we discussed that a little bit and um, it actually led to me not believing in God, to be honest. Oh, wow. <laughs> is what kind of God condemns his people for who they are. Right. I mean, there's so much yeah. hate in this world. Why would he condemn people who love? Right. And yep. So yeah. after many conversations with, with this girl, um, I came to the conclusion that she was right, that, that I'm, that I am actually bisexual and have been hiding it, like just denying it. And um, it's kind of weird because ever since I came to that conclusion just for myself, um, I actually feel it's kind of a weird thing to say, but I actually feel freer. It, that sounds so cliche, but I actually feel better about myself. Um, Yeah. I feel like, that's my true self. Um, mm-hmm. Even though some of our family still doesn't know, um, because we're afraid of not being able to be around um, some of our nieces and nephews and stuff. Um, yeah. Of who we talk to about it. Um, right. It's still kind of one of those things where I feel good. And when I talked to my husband and told him, look, I think I'm bisexual. He basically mm-hmm. told me I already knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he was supportive of it. And he's like, look, I know you've been this for so long. If you need to go out and you need to experiment and you need to be who you are, I will understand. I'm like, look, I'm happy with who I am and who I'm with. Yeah. But I I did ask him the other day because I was telling him like about being in the podcast. And I was like, how did you know? That I'm mm-hmm. It's the way you talk about some of the female celebrities and some of the females out in public, you know, it's just, it's kind of one of those obvious things, the way you say yeah. And I was like, how did you yeah. know if I knew? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. But I mean, I, I guess if you're on the outside looking in, it can be a little more clear. Um, yeah. Yes. But my, um, oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you know, my high school best friend, she, um, she knew before I did that I was not straight. Like I'm talking decades. before. So, I mean, like, I'm sure, you know, when you look back, there's probably things that you are like, oh, okay. Now I see how they came to that conclusion. Cause you know, I was like, when I, and then, uh, you know, somebody that I was working with here, when I, I came out to her, um, 
because I have so few people here that I can safely tell to. So I completely understand that. So the safe people that I have told, they were like, oh, oh, yeah, we've known that for years. I'm like, how? <laughs> and then I look back and I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, I see it. Yep. <laughs> so I, I understand. I get where you're coming from, That where everybody knew before you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, it's weird to me because, like, the, the main reason, like, I didn't know that I was at first was because I was never taught. I was right. never there was such a thing as bisexuality. You were either gay or lesbian or you were straight. There was mm-hmm. no, no gray area. Um, mm-hmm. So I just chalked it up to this is just the feeling I have for my true friends. Right. So, you know, and then when I actually started to learn about it, that's when I was like, you know, I have those feelings. Mm-hmm. I've always just said it's girl crushes but I didn't realize yeah. it until I made this friend here um out here um that it's not normal to dream about other females in an intimate way it's not or mm-hmm. I, it's not normal because you know I hate that word I hate that word normal yeah. Um, yeah but not every girl dreams about um about female, other females in an intimate way or mm-hmm. feel tingles when a certain person or a certain female touches them, you know? Right. I didn't know that because I was never taught. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It, it's rough because some of the people that I have confided in basically told me, no, you're not because you married a guy or, um, well, God cured you. That's why you're married to bro- or to your husband. And oh. I'm just like, it's not here and it's not gone just because I married a man and I'm in right. a presenting relationship. That means right. something. I mean, you wouldn't right. you wouldn't tell me any different if I ended up with a female. So mm-hmm. I mean, it just yeah. But it's a good support system, even though it's very small. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that makes a big difference. I mean. You know, I think that like in the ideal story, the ideal coming out story, you can come out to everybody and you're safe and everyone loves you and supports you and your parents think you're awesome just because you're being who you are. But for a lot of us, especially coming out of any kind of a religious fundamental background, that just simply is not what happens. And for a lot of us, it isn't even safe to come out to our families. And we know that if we do, Um, there is going to be a price to pay. So it is, it does make a world of difference to have that small support system that even though it's only maybe a handful of people. And and I will say also the community that exists online, I found a lot of supportive people online, but like in my, in my offline day-to-day life, I have very few that I talk to about it. And, Mm -hmm. but it makes a big big difference to have them there because um everyone needs that affirming voice especially because as a bisexual you know and you mentioned it and a a guest I had on previously mentioned it there is so much um the idea that well you can't be because you're married to a man you know Mm -hmm. you're in a straight presenting relationship so you must not actually be bisexual yeah you know (laughs) it's like um not, a, you know, it's almost like, okay, well, not everybody is into polyamory. So unless, you know, and you're, you're kind of saying I have to be with, you know, both genders or, or more than 
you know, all genders to be able to, to be a card carrying bisexual. <laughs> and that's just not how everybody rolls. I mean, you know, and it gets back to that whole idea of being identified by who you've had sex with. And it's just a reinforcement of the, of the straight default. Yes. You know? Very much so. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing too. Like, um, if I were, if I weren't in a monogamous relationship, like people would accept the fact that, well, maybe not accept, but they would not tell me that I'm not bisexual because well, I'm not tied down. Right. Uh, but because, well, in their words, tied down, I don't consider it tied down. Right. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. <laughs> because I'm married, even if um, my relationship isn't like, the typical uh, marriage, people still look at me and say, well, you can't be bisexual because you're married to a man. And, and it, it's frustrating. And it's mm-hmm. because I finally found, found who I am. And I, I feel like they're trying to shut me up again. And yeah, it, it's, it's very frustrating. And I have a hard time standing up for myself. Like I stand up for others all the time, but when it comes to me, it's, mm-hmm. it's very hard for me to speak up and um, tell people that they're not treating me the way that I deserve to be treated and they're not respecting me the way I deserve to be respected, Um, Mm -hmm. which is what it boils down to. Like they don't respect that side of me. So they'd rather it just go away. Right. Right. And it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. And I think it's especially frustrating. Like people who aren't part of the LGBTQ community, Um, I expect some measure of, you know, sometimes it's just outright ignorance and rudeness. Sometimes people want, they have good intentions, but they just don't know. So they say things that, you know, that has to be explained to them, you know, that's not cool and here's why. But when it comes from people within the community who want to say your sexuality isn't valid because you haven't had enough or maybe even any experiences with anyone other than a man um Mm. that is like well hold up so before you know if it's a gay man or or a lesbian or so it's like were you was your sexuality any less valid before you had sex with with your preferred gender and they would say no it's like okay well then why why is mine or yours in question you know, it's like there, there a lot of times and this, you know, I'm, I don't want to make sweeping generalizations here because this isn't true, like 100 percent across the board. But it's it's true enough that it creates a problem um, for, you know, a lot of bisexuals, especially bisexuals and straight presenting relationships really feel that that need to have to constantly defend themselves, even within the LGBTQ community. And it gets very tiresome, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> it does. And it, it when people say stuff like that inside the community, it reminds me of the, the few family that I did come out to that told me, well, you've never had sex with a woman, so you wouldn't know. But they right. wouldn't say that. They wouldn't say that if it was a straight person, you know, like, well, you've mm-hmm. never had sex with a man, so you wouldn't know if you're attracted to men. They just accept right that you're attracted to the opposite gender, but they want you to prove that you're attracted to same gender people. Right. 
that doesn't make any sense to me because it's like the whole, you know, don't force homosexuality on my children. Yet your kid at three years old is playing prince and princess because they watch Cinderella. Exactly. Um, it's not pushing anything on anybody. It's, it's, and I don't want to say normalizing because I hate the word normal. There's no mm-hmm. such thing as normal. Right. Um, but it's, it's, showing that there can be love in all relationships not just straight relationships or straight presenting relationships and it's Mm -hmm. very frustrating because that's the message that I'm trying to get across with so many people is just because I'm in a straight presenting relationship that doesn't mean that I'm not who I say I am um, because I know how I feel you Mm -hmm. don't know my heart you don't know what's in my head so you cannot tell me how I feel and who I feel that for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's definitely a frustrating thing, but, you know, I mean, bi erasure is, is 100% real. And yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of damaging. Um, yeah. And it it hurts. <laughs> hmm It does. And and I look at it and think, well, how is this advancing the cause of equality? I mean, it's not enough for you know, gays and lesbians to have you know, to have equality, but then want to erase other people who don't have a very, you know, who don't identify the same way that they do, um, who don't have the same orientation that they do. And you know, I've, I've spoken with friends who've gone to pride events and they're bisexual, but they're in straight presenting relationships. And, and, you know, they felt like they didn't even belong there. They were treated like they, they didn't have a place there. And I, I'm thinking, but if we're advocating for people to embrace um, sexual orientations without, you know, without the, the straight default being the standard and everything else being the deviation. If we're trying to advocate for um, accepting people as they are, why is it so acceptable to erase bisexuals? Because it is, you know, um, you know, there's always the, uh, the stories about people when they come out, they start getting invitations into threesomes as if, you know, that's what being bisexual is. That means you're down for that. <laughs> you're, it's like, no, that's not what it is at all. It is for some people, but not for everybody. I would say probably not for most. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, and it becomes a joke. It becomes, um, you know, like you mentioned earlier, a matter of being selfish in some people's eyes, a matter of being confused. Oh, she's really a lesbian. She just doesn't know it yet. It's like, well, who, who is anyone to tell someone else how they, you know, what their true sexual orientation is? I mean, and it's just mind boggling to me that within a community that has fought so long and so hard for equality, that even within that community, there is the erasure of certain orientations because they don't fit neatly into a box, you know? Yeah, and that's, that's what it is. We don't fit into that box, but the... The thing is, n- neither does anybody else. That, right. That's why we have pride. That's why we had the. That's why we fought for LGBTQ rights because we don't fit mm-hmm. in that small little box of 
evangelical straightness. Right. We are outside of that box. And so it's super frustrating. Like you said, it's super frustrating to be rejected by people that claim to understand. Um, mm-hmm. It's um, like I, I was on a um, cruise with my husband and there was an LGBTQ meetup and I actually went to the meetup and he decided to, to stay back so that I can, you know, experience things for myself like go and talk to like-minded people and you wouldn't believe how many people just ignored me (laughs) and I'm just like well I guess I don't fit in here either and it it was really fun because where do I fit in where 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 do I go yeah I hear that so clearly because yeah it is you know when you left when you've left the church you left your whole community behind. Yeah. Okay. And then, then you came out and thought maybe you had found a new community and then you find out, Oh no, you're not really welcome there either because people don't take you seriously enough. They, it's almost like the impression is almost like people think that you're just not committed to your true sexuality. So you're, you're using this as like, you're using bisexuality as a buffer. That's the impression I constantly get. It's like, um, the, you know, the feeling is you're just not fully committed to being LGBTQ or else you just come out as full on gay. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, but not everyone is, exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. how, why, you know, we have people talking about man crushes and girl crushes and stuff. And it's like, you know, that right there is, is evidence that people know that this is real yeah. You know, people know they can be in straight presenting relationships and still have very strong attractions to other genders. And, but as soon as you want it to be taken seriously is, you know, more than a hashtag, oh, man crush Monday, woman crush Wednesday. As soon as you want it to be more than that, all of a sudden it's like, well, okay, but you haven't really proven yourself. You know, it's like, w- w- when did this happen? <laughs> you know, yeah. it, I mean, like if your child were to come to you and say, um, you know, if a child came to you and, and wanted to to come out to you, I mean, would you look at that kid and say, well, are you sure? <laughs> I mean, right. have you even kissed another boy or <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't do that. But yet when it's a full grown adult who knows themselves and has lived their life, their life and through experience has learned how they identify suddenly it's it's just it's just too it's a bridge too far to ask to take that seriously yeah and you know the thing is like um i look at people like um oh what is her name beatrice oh what is her last name i don't know if you've ever seen the show brooklyn 99 the girl who plays rosa oh yes 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 and i know who you mean yes i'm so <laughs> thrilled because when the show um went in the direction they did with her and um, had her come out as bisexual. It's like, okay, how are they going to do this? Um, because at that point I already knew. So when, cause I didn't start watching the show until later, but at that point I already knew about myself. So it's like, how are they going to do this? Um, mm-hmm. So then I actually did some more research on her herself um, 
and found out that she was also in a straight presenting relationship and was struggling with the same things I was because she was bisexual and nobody was taking her seriously. And um, because she was married to a man and it kind of gave me a little bit of hope because people like her, it's important for people that have a platform to use their voice and speak up. Um, mm-hmm. And and let people know that it's not okay the way they're treating others, the way they're, you know, you know, basically, um, I, don't, I had the word and I can't remember it. The way the, they're basically <laughs> racing a whole bunch of people just because they're in straight presenting relationships. That's not cool. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's very frustrating. And um, you, you're right. The biggest thing, like when you tell a guy or even sometimes other females that you're bisexual, the first thing they think is, oh, so you're down for threesomes. Oh, so you're down yeah. to be with other people. You can't be monogamous or, you know. And it, mm-hmm. that's frustrating because those are myths and they're fiction. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there are some out there, but not all of us are that way. You know, not all of mm-hmm. us want to have sex with multiple people at one time or want to be yeah. in non-monogamous relationships. So we want love just like everybody else. We want to feel like right. we're loved and accepted just like everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. And when you try to take that away from us, that's, it's not right. And that's not fair. Right. No, it's not. It's not. And as you're talking, I'm wondering, like, so I wonder how much of that, and I have no idea. The question just occurred to me. I wonder how much of that is rooted in people's insecurity. Like, what are you afraid of? Like, are you afraid if you love someone who's bisexual that they're just going to find someone else that they're attracted to? Yeah. And up and leave you? I mean, is that what the problem is here? You know, and that that's, you know, as I'm thinking of that, that I wonder how much of that is coming into play here because they, you know, cause you're right. When people talk about bisexual people, it's, uh, are you down for threesomes? Are you able to be monogamous? Um, you know, there was another one I had, but I can't remember. But anyway, it, it basically comes down to the, the belief that a person who is bisexual is not capable of being in a committed relationship because, you know, we're apparently so confused and conflicted within ourselves that it would be impossible to commit to another person. I mean, that seems to be the belief that a lot of people have about bisexual people. And I think, I suspect a lot of that is rooted in you know, their own, um, their own insecurities about themselves, which is, which is really sad. And it's sad, you know, for them, but it's also really sad in the way it affects bisexual people, you know, um, you know, we shouldn't have to hide part of who we are to make ourselves acceptable. And, you know, if you have a partner that's worth a damn, they're going to know that you're there and you're committed And, oh, by the way, you also have attractions to other people. That doesn't mean having an attraction to someone is not the same thing as being willing to um, break all your commitments to to the person you're with. I mean, but that seems to be what people think. If, If somebody has an attraction to someone, that's the same thing as 
being willing to um, break every promise you ever made to the person you're with and go be with that person. It's like, no, that's, that's not what this is at all. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're human too. <laughs> we have feelings and, mm-hmm. and I mean, and no offense to people who don't want to be in committed relationships because, you know, that's, that's your choice. You don't want to be in a committed relationship. You don't have to, but to choose a whole group of people right. are unable to be in committed relationships because of who they are. Isn't that what we were fighting for? To be able to love who we love right. without being judged for it? I mean, mm-hmm. it, 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 why does that only apply to, you know, certain certain people in our community but not others I mean Mm -hmm. I have the right to be with a man if I want to be with a man or if I love that man and you know I have the right to be with a woman if I love that woman and want to be with her but tell me that Mm -hmm. I can't commit to someone because I'm bisexual that's stereotyping and that's what we right I mean I might be wrong on that because I'm still pretty new to everything but like I thought that's what we fought for is is to not be stereotyped as as evil and to be able to have our own rights you know like to be able to have rights just like every human being um it doesn't make sense now Mm -hmm. (laughs) it made more sense in my head (laughs) no I hear what you're saying I mean And yeah, you would think that given the struggle that the LGBTQ community has had for so long, that this community would be the first to step up and say, no, this sexual orientation is as valid as any other, and we're not going to dismiss it just because it doesn't look like what I've experienced, you know? But, you know, and I, I... I do, I try to be careful because I'm pretty new to this myself. I mean, I didn't realize until I was 43 years old that, oh, I'm bisexual, (laughs) you know? So it's not like I've been at this for a long time, but I do know, I do know from having been evangelical, how hard, um, like the evangelicals and others push against the LGBTQ community and try to dismiss the LGBTQ community and invalidate it and would love nothing more than to just see it all burn to the ground and go away. I mean, so knowing how hard people are pushing against it, it is always shocking to me when I see from within the community, certain orientations being dismissed and invalidated. And I don't know what the solution to that is other than for people like you and me and others to keep talking about our experiences and to say, hey, you know what, what you're doing is hurtful. You know, it's not, not only is it not helping anyone, you're actually harming people because these are, you know, you and I know that coming out um, when you are living in a, you know, when you came from a religious culture, coming out comes with a price. And it's not going to, you know, your family and friends that are going to judge you, they're not going to care if you're bisexual or lesbian. I mean, to them, it's all the same thing. So it's like, you, you know, having lost one community by leaving your faith and leaving your church and then finding that you're not embraced by this community 
where you should feel welcome and loved because, hey, you're, you're, you found your truest self and, and you wanted, you're wanting to live as that person and to find that, nope, not even that's good enough. It's like, well, well where yeah. do I go? <laughs> you know? It's- and again, I don't know what the answer is to that other than, I mean, I'm glad we all keep finding yeah. each other, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I just, I get, I, I do get nervous um, around other LGBTQ members. Um, I do have my few friends here that are LGBTQ and um, that helps because I know I have a couple of people in my corner, but you know, mm-hmm. when I'm by myself and, you know, just want to meet other people from the community, it's, it's tough because and it's not all of them there there are so many that do embrace um but Mm -hmm. it's the few that get heard it's it's the few that don't like the fact that I'm in a straight presenting relationship and and bisexual that are being heard um and the ones that hurt are the ones I feel the most um Mm -hmm. And, you know, people yeah. tell me all the time, like my friends, they tell me, oh, don't listen to them. It's, it, it's one out of 10 people. And I'm like, yeah, but that's one out of 10 people too many. Um, right. You know, it, we should all be accepting of each other and, and, and understand that there are things that, um, that make us who we are and, that's not yeah. something I want to change. You know, I'm proud of who I am. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm proud of myself for being able to get to this point and being able to say, I'm happy with who I am because when I first discovered um, that I was bisexual, I was afraid and I was scared of everyone and everything. Um, I was happy with who I am, but I wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily proud. I was still very scared and afraid of the world but I'm finally at a point where I can be like Mm -hmm. no I'm proud of myself I'm proud of who I am I'm proud of how far I've come um Mm -hmm. and it it, it can be very disheartening when you run into someone who tells you you're not supposed to be proud of yourself and that you're not and that yeah you're not good enough it 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 hurts and the only thing I can say is, you know, if someone's a part of the LGBTQ community and they see someone else treating a bisexual person like that, just to, to speak up and to say, you know, no, they're, they have just mm-hmm. as much right to be here as you do. Um, and they have just as right to their identity as you do. Right. Because unfortunately, mm-hmm. even in, like you said, even in our community, it's, it's, it's still there. It's still, you know, we're still not they still try to invalidate us and um it sucks yeah it does you know i think that there is hope for some change though i mean i do think that the more conversations like this that people are having and i think the more that bisexuals just say you know what this is my month too and i'm going to celebrate and wear the colors and are outspoken about our own sexuality because you know early like um you know there was a time when when transgender people were pushed out of the community i mean they were not welcome and now there there's a much more welcoming culture for transgender people 
uh, within the community. That took time. That did not happen just because, you know, it was all peace and love and we all love and, and affirm each other. It wasn't always that way. And I think that as with so many things, um, it takes mm-hmm. time sometimes. And, you know, even though bisexual people have always been part of the community, have always been there, um, I think that, you know, for a long time, so much emphasis was put on securing equality for gay men and, and lesbian women. Uh, it kind of, you know, everybody else kind of got lost in the shuffle and it was considered a distraction to talk about yeah. everyone else. <laughs> but I think we're in a place now where, um, now I'm not going to say by any means everybody's all set and now we can talk about other things because we are far from that. We are far from that. But I think that there is more of an understanding that there is room at the table for everyone. And I think there are enough people that recognize that, that the culture, um, it is changing. I, I do think that it is changing. It's changing slowly and it doesn't help when within the community, you know, you've got, I don't know if you saw this happening on Twitter, but you know, you've got people trying to put copyright claims on the, on the um, bisexual pride flag. (laughs) It's like on on that color scheme. It's like, come on, you know? So like, it's like the one thing that we could hold on to and say, see, look at this. There's like, no, that's a copyright infringement. You can't do that. Yeah, I saw that. And I was just like, uh, I don't have the mental capacity to deal with this tonight. <laughs> I know. Fortunately, that was shut down pretty quickly. But it, it goes to show how how many little tiny distractions can come up and can take focus off of where it needs to be, which is um, validating people and, you know, affirming people. And welcoming people into the community. And again, I'm so new to this. I'm, I'm trying to mind my words because I have not been at this for very long. And I don't want to step over all over the people who have been in the community and doing the work for some of them decades. Um, but I think that when you have people who really feel like, you know, they're not straight, but have been told in so many words that, that the LGBTQ community is not for you either. I don't think that it, it does anyone any yeah. good to just stay no, quiet about right. that. I mean, they did work hard to get where they are and um, without them, you know, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't have the rights we have. And you know, I'm proud of where, mm-hmm. um, of how far the community has come. I really am. There, there definitely is still some work that needs to be done. Um, it's even, you know, like including being able to accept bisexual people in, in any way. Um, but, you know, I mean, it has come a long way and yeah. we, and I agree with you. It's not anything we can look at and, and, and not see, you know, they, there's so much that's been done and, but, yeah. you know, they, they've, they've worked really hard to get the, the little respect that they do have. Um, and I say that not in like a condescending way, but like in a, in a, you know, 
there was so little respect for the LGBTQ community for so long. And they're finally mm-hmm. starting to see some mm-hmm. respect with being able to marry who they love and, and not have to worry about, um, I mean, I guess they do still have to worry a little bit, but they can they can finally marry who they love. They finally have um, have rights and they're, you know, they're being treated like human beings, which is amazing. And that's the goal for everybody. Um, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, and there is still a little bit of work to be done. <laughs> um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I, w- I would never want to badmouth the community because it's not the community as a whole. It's, it's not everybody. It's, it's that one, one or no. two people, you know, like it overall, the community is amazing. Like, um, yeah, you know, I joined a Facebook support group for the community and they've just been amazing, you know, but they're, they're still that one or two, those one or two people. Mm-hmm. And, and that that's, that's the work we need to be doing is, is showing those one or two people, you know, that, that, uh, bisexuals, especially bisexuals and straight presenting, even bisexuals, not especially, but even bisexuals and straight presenting relationships deserve the same rights and the same respect. Um, and mm-hmm. like I said, I'm so happy that they're finally getting the respect that they deserve, um, as human beings that, 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 that they should have been getting all along. Um, all I ask is, you know, that mm-hmm. I get the same respect, you know, um, I don't want to be yeah. Yeah. put out because I'm in a, a straight presenting relationship. I don't want to be told that I don't belong. And again, it's not the whole community. It's one or two people, It, but it's right. still frustrating and it still hurts, um, to be told even just by one person yeah. that you don't belong. It still hurts. Um, so, you know, but, but I do agree with you. We don't want to, you don't want to like, and I don't want to like step on the the feet that got us here, you know, um, because we wouldn't be where we are today. We wouldn't be able to talk (laughs) about these things. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I see it as, you know, I do think that the the rest of the world has a long way to go in in how it accepts the lgbtq community i think there's still much much work to be done because even though people can marry who they love now there is still a lot there are still a lot of kids that kicked out of get kicked out of their homes when they come out there is you know transgender women especially trans women of color oh, still face tremendous danger um you know there and there are people who think that's fine because, you know, trans women, I mean, you know, they see trans women as, as something that is less than human and not deserving of respect. So, I mean, there is a much work to be done outside of the community. And I would gladly stand up for and fight for anybody who, who you know, to have that respect and to have the equality that we all would like to have and to, and to um, be able to live their life safely. You know, to to not be shamed or or harmed or discriminated against, um, 
for loving who they love and for being who they are. And all I'm saying is within the community, it would be great if we could all do that for Um, each other too. And I I agree with you wholeheartedly. We, we have to stand up and, and, and continue to protect and demand respect for our, our LGBTQ community. Um, And you know, I think I think it's important that even if you know, I don't know, like I don't know how to word this because I don't want to like hurt feelings or upset people because that's not my intention. But I feel like even if mm-hmm. someone in the community doesn't necessarily agree with me, <laughs> like and in my my mm-hmm. uh, and me saying that I'm being bisexual with me being bisexual or you know they don't agree that I'm bisexual because I'm, I'm married to a man I they still deserve rights <laughs> you know they still deserve respect mm-hmm. they still deserve to be accepted for who they are even if they don't accept me they still deserve it um mm-hmm. Everybody in our mm-hmm. community deserves the mm-hmm. respect and the 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 rights that that we are promised. Um, and it's mm-hmm. it's you know I don't know I'm I'm trying to word it <laughs> in sense, but we're <laughs> like making it sound like yeah you know because my intention is not to belittle someone. Um, because everybody deserves right. the right to be human. Everybody deserves the right to be heard and to be seen and to be accepted mm-hmm. for who they are. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like I feel yeah. like even if someone, like even if someone disagreed with me, I would still want them, or I do, I do still want them to have you know, to have the same rights and respect that I want. Um, because isn't, mm-hmm. isn't, that, isn't that what we're told when we're brought up yeah. as this, for lack of a better word, country? Uh, we're told that we as humans have rights. I mean, we have mm-hmm. a whole constitution built on rights, you know. So why, why, why mm-hmm. aren't those given to everybody? Why are some, some communities told that they don't right. deserve them? you know so right that mm-hmm. real <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I mean there's a lot that we could dive into here but I think the main thing is is just validating the you know validating the reality of yeah. validate the reality of bisexuality mm-hmm. <laughs> um it, it's it shouldn't be that difficult. I mean, so many of the arguments made for other sexual orientations, um, I don't know why they get thrown out the window mm-hmm. where bisexuality is concerned. And like you said, you know, we know not everybody does this, but enough people do it. The bi erasure is a real problem. And it leaves people feeling like they have nowhere to go because they're not straight. So they don't fit comfortably into the straight community, but they're, you know, we're apparently not gay enough to, 
fit comfortably in the LGBTQ community. And, and it shouldn't be that, that rigid. I mean, sexuality in and of itself is very complex and it can be very fluid. Um, and so that it just, it really boggles my mind and frustrates mm-hmm. me that by erasure is a thing, but it is a thing. And I think the only way to eventually make it not a thing is to just keep talking about it. And, you know, not everybody is going to like what has to be said, but that is the spirit of change. I mean, you change doesn't come by, by going out of our way to avoid hurting people's feelings and to not want to step on people's toes. I mean, there's a difference between saying what needs to be said mm-hmm. because it's true and saying what, what you want to say just because you're going to, you know, because out of, out of a complete dismissal yes. of everyone who came before you. Most bisexual people that I know are not doing the latter. They're, they're just wanting to say what needs to be said because it's going to help us move forward as a community so that we can, as a community, work together to do the things that need to be done to make sure everyone can live safely and live without discrimination and can love who they love and can live as their truest selves without worrying about um, harmful fallout for that. You know, and that's what we should want as a community. And we do better when we all do better. See, that's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) So. So. (laughs) Well, see, I can just sit here and listen to you and think about it. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I get that. So you didn't have that advantage because you're the one being asked questions. (laughs) (laughs) But I do appreciate your candor, though, and I appreciate you coming here today and sharing your story and also sharing the current difficulty you're having finding a place because that's a real struggle for a lot of people who – come out yeah. as bisexual it's like where do we fit and it's hard yeah so I, I hope to one day be able to I mean like I said I have my couple of friends but I do hope to one day be able to feel 100% accepted for myself that'll happen but yeah I mean we can hope so yeah I hope so. I hope so. Um, did you want to share with everyone okay, how to find yeah, you on so, Twitter? Um, well, what is my Twitter handle now? I, think... <laughs> I do that all the I'm time. I don't need to know my own Twitter handle. Twitter handle is <laughs> greenbean87. Um, I can't remember if there's an underscore between green and bean. Um, there is. There is. It's green underscore okay, bean. That's my Twitter 87. handle. I do. Yep. Um, post a lot of what people call political issues, but I call human rights issues. Um, I do speak up. And so, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I, and I do get angry on Twitter just as a warning. Um, mostly because yes. it's yes. not something that uh, um, people can easily identify me from. And I know that sounds like I'm hiding, but it's more, mm-hmm. um, like on, on other social media, um, like people from my husband's job and from my job can easily see my, um, whereas on Twitter, um, I'm not necessarily anonymous. I'm not hiding my identity. Um, but it's easier for me to share and speak Mm -hmm. up because I feel like I have more of a voice there and people aren't trying to silence me. So, um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. 
I think Twitter is tremendous for that. I mean, because other social media platforms, people take everything so personally. <laughs> Whereas on Twitter, it's like you can just let fly with whatever, and you might get some people that are like, oh, how could you say that? And it's like, well, you don't have to follow me. You know, you don't have to look at it. You could just keep scrolling. You don't have to be, you know, aggravated about everything. So bothered. Um, But yes, yes, Twitter is the, the best place to follow me. We didn't have a chance to wrap up that episode neatly, but I did want to say thank you to Amy for stopping by and sharing her story. And I wanted to tell everyone that listening out there to be good to yourselves, take care of yourselves, stay healthy, stay safe, and I will talk with you again soon.